Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show season two, episode 23. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business tonight. No Laura, but uh, we've still got a full crew here. We've got Riley, we've got Lara, and we've got Alex here to talk all things NFL. But before we get too carried away, let's jump into our warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. So our listeners asked and we delivered, wanting to get a little bit more insight into some of our panel members, which is, uh, yeah, which we're really excited about this fun little start to the show. Um, but Riley, this little question, uh, mate, it's all you, uh, my friend. Congratulations, Riley, selected to represent the Australian Outback Women's Gridiron team, uh, you know, with the upcoming World Cup in Finland. Talk to us a little bit about it. I mean, uh, you know, we're very excited. We're very proud of you. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what's ahead for you. Uh, yeah, so in end of July, we'll be going to Finland um, to take on well, Canada first up. Um, that's our first game. Uh, it's a big thing for me. I blew my knee out the year before the last one, so I had to have surgery and I couldn't go. Um, so it's been on, and this one was supposed to be last year, but got postponed due to COVID. So it's been like a seven year journey for me, really, since um, we sort of found out about the first one. Um, so I'm really excited that I was able to like keep fit, keep playing, um, make the team again this time. Um, never been in Europe, so excited to get over there as well for this. Um, and just being able to represent my country in sport has been something like I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. Um, gridiron is my favourite sport, so to be able to do it with something that I absolutely love is even better. Uh, I've got a great bunch of girls that I get to do it with as well. Um, about a quarter of them are from Queensland. Uh, sorry, a third are from Queensland, so that's... Another good thing, I've played against most of these girls for the past five, six, some ten years, um, and I've played with some of them as well. So it's going to be a really, really fun tournament. Um, yeah. Riley, congratulations again. You know, that that's pretty incredible. That's pretty special. And, again, we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to continue to, you know, I, I guess, you know, boost that sport and, 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 and lift it up. And, you know, even on the Mojo Sports Network, we've got a Women in Gridiron show. We release weekly podcasts. Go and check that out as well. That's an awesome show. But, you know, Riley, I'm also thinking about content ideas. Can you imagine Mojo TV, Mojo Cam following along some of the personalities in and amongst that group overseas. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that side of it, like away from the game. I mean, you know, heading over to Europe, having a little bit of fun. There's certainly some characters in and amongst the group. That, that's going to be that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you have so many different pods. You've got, you've got offense, you've got defense, and then in each one you've got your specialized groups with – you know, you've got your DBs and your linebackers, you've got your D-line, your O-line, and 
each group kind of gets their own little click happening, but at the same time you might have played with other girls for in different positions, so you've got a different connection with them as well. It's always fun. There's pranks. Um, like we, we, we take it very seriously, but at the same time we kind of want to make the most of it and have as much fun as we can because it, it does only come around every four years and or five this time around so um yeah we really just are taking it like step by step but trying to have as much fun as we can yeah i love it well congratulations again you've got the whole uh, mojo sports team behind you and uh yeah you'll have to you know send us a postcard from finland all right team well let's jump into our first segment for tonight the huddle leave no regrets out there that is what a real champion is made of and for the philadelphia eagles the long drought is over how about those trees a touchdown and a title for the patriots i can't believe it they have completed the greatest comeback in super bowl history those will be the best memories all right, Alex, Laura sends her apologies. A little bit unwell tonight, but it also means that you're able to fully unleash your Russell Wilson takes because tonight we are, well, our huddle, our team in focus is the Denver Broncos. Now, Alex, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit because you called this. You know, you're looking at a football team that was a quarterback away. You tried to sort of, you know, talk about it a little bit softly in and around Laura. But anyway, talk to us a little bit about Russell Wilson and his long-awaited connection with uh, with Denver. Yeah, I think the first thing that Laura said when he went to Denver was that he doesn't look very good in orange, <laughs> um, which, you know, he kind of doesn't. And I think that's that's kind of the case when, you know, any quarterback kind of changes teams and a big quarterback like Russell Wilson is you kind of see them in their new stripes and you're like, oh, orange isn't your color. Green is, blue is, sure. Orange, not so much. Um, unless you're obviously bears, then we look very good in orange. Um, but yeah, th- this wasn't, I don't think this was a surprising signing. Um, I think when we were kind of looking at Seattle last year, we kind of said Russell Wilson is going to, he's going to go, he's going to go somewhere else. And I think when you look at Peyton Manning, Denver's always been the kind of place for, for not a rebirth of quarterbacks, for sometimes these kind of older quarterbacks to kind of, take their losses with the club they're at and then go somewhere else that's going to invest in them and get some younger people around them that they can mentor and promote. And I think that's what Denver's doing. They're trying to get that that experience in Russell Wilson and trying to get in people around him. I don't think they did enough in the draft to protect him, but, I mean, he's mobile, so we'll see what ends up happening there. Lara, let's talk a little bit about uh, the cost of the trade for Russell Wilson because I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts. For me, it was really cheap, in my opinion. I, I, look, I'm just seeing a few different sort of weird and wonderful trades uh, for these wide receivers, um, you know, in, in the league at the moment. And when I think about Russell Wilson's potential there, it's really interesting to kind of reflect on that trade package. But, yeah, what, what's, what's your kind of thoughts on the overall trade? Because, yeah, this, this could potentially be a significant game changer for the Broncos. Yeah, I think it's a huge game changer. I mean, the quarterback situation there has been... Uh, in flux, uh, to say the least, over the last um, couple of years. And so I think it maybe depends on who you're asking and what perspective. Um, I think that if Russell Wilson ends up being the Russell Wilson, who I guess we all know that he can be, then, yeah, I don't think it's looking like they've traded too much. I think it was probably it will end up being a bargain. Um, but 
I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to hear what everybody else thinks about what they expect Russell Wilson's play to be like in the next sort of year or two um, in that sort of uh, scheme and in that fit and whether or not, um, yeah, the rest of the panel thinks that it's a pretty good um, trade option. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that he doesn't look good in orange. I think he might actually look quite good <laughs> in orange. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of bummed that Laura isn't here. Actually, I was going to ask her whether or not she uh, was happy that she didn't have to see Russell Wilson videos um, now that he's he's left the Seahawks. Um, There's a vibe in and around them, right? Like it's it was it's getting weirder by the year. What, 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 are, what are our thoughts on that? <laughs> Russell Wilson and his videos. Riley, uh, talk to me about Russ because he wasn't playing particularly well in Seattle. And, you know... I, Trades don't just happen overnight. Probably knew that this divorce was coming. It was probably a couple of years in the making. But, you know, putting that that aside, you know, he wasn't playing particularly well. I, I guess, yeah, you know, in, in answer to, to Lara's question, what, what, what's your expectations of Russell Wilson? Are we going to see the old Russ, uh, you know, a, a guy who's sort of, you know, starting to, to fall away a little bit? What's your thoughts? Um, I think you could kind of see, the like, the breakup happening with, uh, not just like Russell, like Seahawks seem to have started to like clean house a little bit. Um, so to see him go, like I wasn't, I wasn't actually surprised. Um, if if he is the Wilson of like twenty, was it like twenty eighteen? Um, I think he'll just delve right in. He's just going to take Denver's exceptional receiving core um, and just kind of let loose. He loves a play action. He loves just sending them long. He had DK and Tyler Lockett to throw to. Now he's got Tim Patrick um, and Portland Sutton. Um, the biggest downfall, I think, is that Fant went to Seattle. Um, I thought he was an excellent tight end um, and an asset to the Broncos. So he does lose a core receiver, but I think he, I think he has the ability to take Denver to the next level um, as long as they yeah, can protect him because that was his biggest issue at Seattle was that he was the most pressured quarterback, I think, of 2020-2021. I think that's going to be a tough one for him at the Broncos too because they didn't they didn't really improve their O-line, right? They didn't do much. When they looked at the draft, they mostly went secondary. They took a tight end in their second pick. They took a wide receiver. The only person they ended up taking was Luke Wattenberg from Washington, and he's a center. So they didn't actually do a whole bunch to get that protection around him, which, you know, when you've got someone like Russell Wilson, who's great, yes, he's great out of the pocket. Yes, he's great mobility-wise, but you don't want to keep putting him in under pressure. I mean, yes, he's got a decent receiving core around him, but at the end of the day, you still want to be able to get them the ball without Russell Wilson rushing too much out of the pocket. So that would be my – I'm with you on that one. My big concern would be that their O-line is going to be an issue and they haven't done enough to bolster that to protect that guy behind him. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree because one of the things that Russell really needs to establish himself, re-establish himself is – you know, being an accurate quarterback, you know, that was my biggest concern and, and I guess criticism of Wilson is, you know, there was a fair bit of inaccuracy in the way in which he was playing. 
you know, understand the pressure in Seattle. He's probably going to get the same in Denver, but, you know, he really needs to sort of clean that up. Um, you know, some positives when we look at the Broncos team, also like their running game as well. I think that's going to help. Uh, Javante Williams was really impressive. Um, so, you know, they're going to be relying on him quite significantly. Um, but, Lara, I just want to throw it over to you to, you know, probably the biggest strength of this football team. Talk about Russell Wilson. You talk about, you know, some of the, the, the flashy school players that they do have, but... This defense is starting to come along pretty nicely as well. There's some key names here. You know, Bradley Chubb, he's been a little bit in and out with injury, but he's a high-quality team. There was some significant drama with the Randy Gregory signing through Jerry Jones. Anyway, I'll I'll let you take the floor and talk us through the the defensive side of the ball because this is one side that is starting to shape up um, quite well for Denver. Yeah, I think that Denver's been, I mean, it's always been a fairly good defense. Vic Fangio, I think, is known pretty well for it, for his defense. And I think Patrick Sertain is pretty, has been a really great kind of um, addition. Um, yeah. Randy Gregory, that's an interesting one. I think if he plays really well, I think it'll be really exciting, but I guess the question is, as he proved that, um, will it, will it happen? Is it potential or is it kind of really, is it really there? Um, yeah. I, it'll be interesting um, to see actually whether or not, this team as a whole is built strongly enough. I mean, the division is what the best division is at the moment is one of the strongest divisions. Um, And yeah, I think that there is some really great pieces um, on, on defense. I just wanted to throw back to the offense just very quickly before I, before we go to everybody else's um, conversation on the defense. I think that losing Noah Fant is a real bummer for them. I think that, I think I'm with you, Riley. I think that was just, um, yeah, I think that will, will kind of uh, cause a bit of a halt. But also, um, does anybody know whether or not Jerry Judy is going to end up missing time or missing games? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, but, we're sort of watch, watching his case at the moment. He, he might get a few games. The punishments are so incredibly light, unfortunately, when it comes to those types of situations. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think we might be seeing a little bit of a potential suspension here. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what that side of the football, um, you know, looks like. But, yeah, look, just quickly on defense, cannot believe that the Seattle Seahawks did not get Patrick Satan in that trade. That is absolutely ridiculous stupidity at the highest levels. When you have a great player such as Satan that can transform your defense and you don't, you don't, I mean, yeah, obviously we're not privy to some of the um, discussions happened in that trade room, but uh, look, they needed a quarterback. How you didn't get Satan in that deal, ridiculous. The only upside to all of this, right, when we look at both Seattle and Denver, is that week one, we get to find out who actually <laughs> made the better deal, right? Who plugged the right holes? Who gets to do it? Because week one, it's Seattle and, Seattle and Denver. So I think that's going to be an excellent game for all the fans. Yeah, and I think that uh, just on that trade uh, thing, uh, obviously we're not there, we're not in the room, but it, it did seem like you were saying before, Dan, that, like, you know, Seattle was – done with Russell perhaps as much as Russell really wanted out of Seattle. And I'm wondering what they uh, accepted now that they may, that they may not have a few years ago. Um, and it was interesting to hear, I think Pete Carroll said something, uh, you know, very uh, supportive and excellent about Drew Locke. Um, and, I'm, and it will be interesting to see whether or not, if he does get a run for a whole year, whether or not he can uh, do something else um, differently in, in Seattle in a, in a different um, situation. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are expecting Drew to set the world on fire, but can we just imagine for a second, just for a second, imagine if he did, 
Imagine if Drew Locke goes out there on opening night and puts on a, a puts on a display against Russell Wilson. It's going to be interesting nonetheless, but uh, yeah, I think Denver are going to be heavy favourites heading into that one. All right, team. Well, you know, let's uh, let's dive into this one. So, so many changes in and around this roster that's really looking to change things up. Uh, Larry, you hit on it before. They needed to make those moves though, because you know this is not just a you know high quality division. This is the best division that we've seen in football in many, many, many decades. So, going to be very interesting. All right, guys. Time Time to uh, offer up our predictions when it comes to their record. This team finished uh, seven and ten last last year. Looking for your records here, um, Alex. Going to start with you. I'm going to go nine and eight. I think they'll struggle. I think to start off the season once they kind of once Russell Wilson kind of figures out what he's actually dealing with in a game sense. Um, I think once they get those kind of younger guys in and they kind of. It'll take them a minute to gel, I think, and understand what's going on, especially for these younger dudes. So I think they're going to go nine and eight. I think they'll struggle the first couple of weeks, but then they'll figure it out and they'll get rolling towards the back end of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Tom Brady's kind of wrecked it for everyone. He's like, you know, you can kind of just switch teams and go and win the Super Bowl. It's pretty easy, this whole football thing. Uh, I think the reality is it's it's going to be quite difficult year one. And, you know, I, I think there's still a few more pieces they're going to want to add to this puzzle uh, there in Denver. Look, I'm going to predict 10 wins. I, I think we're going to see some inconsistent play. Um, but, you know, there's going to be patches of good form as well. Um, certainly a playoff team, that's for sure. Uh, Lara, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm sitting between nine and ten. I'm around the same area. I think this. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they come out in the first couple of weeks. Like that game back at Seattle, what an epic showdown week one. I mean, the week one schedule is just going to be so fantastic across the board. Um, but thinking also about the big coaching change, like that's a huge culture change from what Vic Fangio was kind of old school. This is just how it is to what Nathaniel Hackett is going to do I mean this is sort of a new space um, for him as well and I guess he knows a lot of the you know those kind of key trades that happened out of Green Bay into the Raiders into the Chiefs he knows some of the the players and what they can do there so that might give them um, yeah a bit of a, a bit of a leg up as well so I'm thinking I'm going to go 10 uh, as well even though that could be a bit it could be a bit much. Riley, it, it, it is interesting because, you know, Russell Wilson, he's not Tom Brady old, you know what I mean? Like he's, he, he's you know, he's still got quite a few years there. So you get the sense that fans will be a little bit patient because, they know, they've got Russell Wilson for, for you know, quite a few years. But in saying that, expectation is going to be pretty high in this first year. It, it's Anyway, it, it's going to be one of those fascinating narratives this season. But, um, yeah, tell us your prediction. What's What's doing with the record? What's your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I'm sitting around the same. I was thinking about 10 and 7. I think it really is it's going to depend on how Wilson can take on that NFC West because he's got them all. Um, so it's either going to be really in his favour because he knows how they play or it's going to completely backfire because they know exactly how he plays. So besides having to verse the Raiders, the Chargers um, and the Chiefs twice, um, he now has to burst his old division all over again, and they could easily go like six and eleven. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be interesting. The other thing that's interesting is I think we've just given them the mojo curse. I think we've all sort of, you know, nine or ten wins. I think the Broncos will now go undefeated, 17-0. and 0. Let, let's, <laughs> let's see what they're able to produce. But, no, look, it's going to be really interesting, and we cannot wait for the football season uh, to kick off again. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to have to uh, wait and see how this one plays out. 
I think it is really interesting that we've set them at around nine or 10, because I, I think there are a lot of people who are getting pretty excited and, and, and expecting them to really be a contender with Wilson um, moving over there. So yeah, it could be, or, or else we're actually kind of really, we're understanding what's going on. Yeah, that's all right. We're not, uh, yeah, jumping to Super Bowl conclusions, but anyway, we'll see how things end up there at Denver. It's, um, yeah, going to be one to watch, that's for sure. All right, team, well, let's jump into our second segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, team, let's continue with uh, our little series here in the match, our training camp battles. And this week we head to the Carolina, the Carolina Panthers, where we see a pretty historic quarterback battle, one that we probably uh, didn't predict, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. But Sam Darnold um, is still in the building, and he'll be fighting against, uh, you know, recently drafted quarterback rookie Matt Corral. Alex, going to start with you. You know, one of the things that we, I, I guess the surprise is, one of the things we've always spoken about with Carolina Panthers is their owner. We know that he's not patient. We, we know that he's keen to go out and make a splashy play. Very, very interesting that they weren't able to land Deshaun Watson and that didn't work out. Um, yeah, what, what's your thoughts about, you know, the situation here at Carolina? And, uh, yeah, talk us through these quarterbacks. There's still time. <laughs> he can still pull something out of, out of the hat, I'm sure, knowing the way that he works. Um, I think it was interesting that they drafted Matt Crow. I think Matt Crow was probably shocked he fell to round three, but let's be honest, he wasn't really going to go around round one or what round two. So I, I was surprised he went round three to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think right now when you're looking at all the reports, it is Sam Donald's job to lose. Um, and I think that that can either work in his favor or work against him. I think Matt Corral is going to come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, a, because he fell so low, but I think his ego might get in the way a little bit. So I think Sam Donald will probably be able to hold it a little bit longer, but be mindful, right? Panthers went 3-0 and to start the 2021 season, so they didn't start off horribly. I think they got hit with a lot of injuries, right? We have Christian McCaffrey, who's potentially making a comeback again this season. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of a shit show right now for him, but it'd be interesting to see how – I think the offseason and preseason is going to be very key for them to see who can actually step up and make the plays they need to make. Lara, it's going to be interesting. I mean, let's talk – Sam Darnold, because, you know, it's very interesting to see that he's still in the league. You know, there's a few quarterbacks that, you know, quite haven't got these second, third chances that Sam has got. Surely this is the, this is it. You know, this is, this is his last chance. You know, what do we know about Sam? He's a playmaker. He's a guy who likes, likes to take chances. A bit of a tight end, you know, sort of, sort of background in college. You know, I, I, I'm starting to question where the quarterback really, you know, feels comfortable for him but he's got to stop turning the football over and start protecting that football and just giving his team a chance. And I, and I think ultimately that's where Carolina fans are getting so frustrated. It's not that, you know, Sam Darnold, you know, they don't expect him to be Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, just trying to cut down on those errors. I was just about to say uh, before you um, said that the, the the rate at which he turns the ball over is is really troubling. And you're right, there are not that many quarterbacks who have been afforded so many second chances. And I think they are probably really regretting the way in which they acquired Sam Darnold and how that sort of looks for them um, going forward. Um, I don't think that a tr- sort of somebody else ending up there before the season starts is off the table, either Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, maybe it will be a battle 
a camp battle um, between Sam Donald and Matt Corral, or I, I, I uh, heard um, someone talking before about how the Panthers and uh, the Browns were in conversation during the draft around Mayfield and that they didn't want to pick up the, his entire contract and the Browns didn't want to have to pay part of the contract because they've obviously spent so much money um, on, on Watson. So I would be looking to see that uh, yeah, to see whether or not they actually stay with this quarterback room or if they um, bring in some, a third person as well to kind of um, mix it up. Riley, there you have it. It's so challenging. It's so difficult. Alex and Lara just saying, can we, can we get someone else? I mean, this guy, this guy ain't it. I mean, Riley trying to think about how it could possibly work, you know, maybe, you know, one of the things I probably would like to see from Sam, but, you know, again, you've got the risk of injury is, you know, maybe showing a little bit more when it comes to his mobility, um, you know, running running the ball a little bit more and just showing a little bit more athleticism because we know that, you know, if, if we strip it all the way back, Sam is an athletic player. He is still quite young, probably haven't utilised all of his skill set. And, again, just trying to think outside the box um, and trying to think about ways in which we can stop this kid giving the football to the other team. Um, sorry, just broke up a bit there, so I think I lost a bit of that. But, no, no, you're right. Um, oh. No, you're right. I think I just cut it cut off there. Um, Riley, I was just giving Sam Darnold an, another serve and just trying to think about, you know, some alternative ways in which, you know, the Panthers can, um, you know, can get him into the offense. But, um, you know, that's probably, you know, we, we've probably hit the, uh, the Sam Darnold uh, point. Let's flip it over to the young kid. Riley, it, it, it is interesting, isn't it? And, and I, I sort of fall into this category where I'm a little bit of a, 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 a draft snob where, you know, if, unless you're a quarterback that's been drafted in the first round, you know, I've, I've sort of got questions around you. Riley, come on, give, give the Carolina fans a little bit of hope. Can a late-round draft pick turn out to be, you know, the, the, the player they need him to be? Because everyone's hoping that Macarrell can put on a, a show during training camp and, you know, really try and unseat Sam here. Uh, I think he has got the personality to do it. Um, he showed in his pre-Sugar Bowl interviews that he was there to play football. He was given a bit of flack because Ole Miss didn't do that great during their run. Um, but being in the SEC, he has to always verse top-tier teams um, every year, whether it's Bama, LSU, Auburn. They're not always on, but they're on against each other. So he's always had that high-pressure kind of environment that I think he'll be able to kind of at least, like, be on par with with Donald, even though he's got more experience in the NFL. Um, Even with his ankle injury in the bowl game, he is a more mobile quarterback than Donald. Um, so just to get that extra dynamic with McCaffrey, even just that that extra option to be an additional runner that the D-line have to worry about as opposed to where's McCaffrey every play kind of thing and, and having a stationary quarterback. Um, so I think I think he'll give him a good run for his money. I think it is still Donald's to lose, but I don't think it will take much. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be pretty interesting, Lara. Oh, I was just wondering um, what people thought about, if we're thinking about Sam Donald and the kind of history there, I, I guess the Panthers thought, you know, this is a guy that had a pretty rough trot at the Jets, 
we think we can get something out of him. I'm just wondering what everybody's thoughts are around, is this a kid who was put into a really awful situation with a horrible coach in the first kind of, uh, you know, his first journey into the NFL and that's kind of carrying through? Or have we actually seen all of what Sam Darnold can, you know, offer um, in in the NFL? Because I... Yeah, it, that's an interesting one. I'm assuming that's why he's sort of given been given a good few years to see if he can make it. Oh, well, I mean, we always talk about kind of placement, right, for young players, young quarterbacks, young rookie receivers, anybody like that. It's, it's the system, and I think it's hard, too, when you're in the draft, is that these lower-end teams, they're the ones with the high draft pick. I think Sam Darnold still has a lot to prove, but I think when you look at the the Panthers, right, they still bought Cam Newton back in, and he still couldn't produce wins. So I don't know if necessary, you know, saying that it's Sam Darnold's fault. I think maybe they've got to start looking at the personnel around them, the coaching staff and even the GM and go, Hey, we bought Cam Newton in who was winning those games before and he still can get the job done. Is Matt Corral going to be any different? Is Sam Darnold going to be any different this year? So I think if we take the quarterback out of con, like take that out of the equation, I think it's going to be, a, I think it's a bigger problem in Carolina than just the quarterback situation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, team, no sitting on the fence. It's time for our predictions here. Who is the starting quarterback? So obviously at the time of recording, we, we, we don't have a third party involved, but you know, I, I don't think any of us would be surprised if that was the case. But if it is Matt and if it is Sam and they're battling it out in the training camp, um, who do you think gets that job uh, come week one? Lara, going to start with you. I am going to say Sam Donald. Okay, we're going to go Sam. Riley? Yeah, I think Donald just gets it just with his experience and Corral's injury, I think, that'll still linger. Alex? Yeah, I'm going to go with Sam Donald on this one. I think Corral is probably just going to come across a bit immature if they do give him the starting job, and I think he'll just make too many errors to do that. So I'm going to go with Sam Donald. Yeah, look, I'm going to go Matt Corral, but I'm going to do it in a really sneaky way, and I'm going to start Sam as well come week one, knowing full well that week four, week five, week six, when it derails, and it will, uh, you know, at least you've got an option to go to. I think if you do it the other way, you put yourself in a really difficult position where you, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on a rookie. You're bringing in Sam, who could also struggle. So for me, I agree. I, I think you start with Sam, but definitely, I, you know, Matt Corral. If if the quarterback room um, stays the way it is, he will play football. Um, you know, next season. I, I, I think that's um, I think that's going to happen. And you know, the biggest issue for Sam is he's never been in form. He's never gone on a run, and you know, this is his last opportunity. So yeah, going to be really interesting to see what the Panthers can do. Uh, yeah, they need to figure out this quarterback position. All right, team, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, okay. oh my boss is sitting in closing time. Maybe that's what you're Riley, I think my voice broke in that last segment because I was getting so emotional about Sam Darnold. But another, I guess, uh, you know, part of the game that I also get emotional about is the running back position. Uh, we just we just love running backs here on Mojo Sports. Um, let's dive into our league MVP series. We're talking about who is the best running back in the game right now. Um, yeah, Riley, take it away. Yeah, for me, it's Derrick Henry. He is just an absolute beast. He just... I feel like he defies like physics, the way he can just glide across the ground. Um, he literally launches people into another dimension. Um, nothing makes me happier than watching that video of him throwing Josh Norman um, against the Bills, I think it was. That's just 
he just I just don't understand how he can do it. He's so big, yet he moves as quick or quicker than some of the receivers, and he makes it just look like nothing. He just gets up like he just walked five meters. <laughs> Lara, I'm getting a lot of nods from you, so I'm guessing you you tend to agree. Talk to us a little bit, Derek Henry, because uh, oh, yeah, yeah. imagine being the DC trying to defend that. Uh, yeah, I have a deep love for Derek Henry. Um, exactly what you just said, Riley, 100%. And it is it is so joyful watching uh, clips of him stiff-arming people down the field. Um, being a, a Jags fan, I uh, spent a lot of time watching Derek Henry absolutely run all over us, um, which is great. But also, obviously, the Colts um, running back Jonathan Taylor is epic as well. But I think just to add to that, because I have nothing more to say than what Riley said, but in relation to running backs, that tandem of um, Kareem Hunt and um, uh, Nick Chubb, yeah, and, and Nick Chubb is some kind of magical. I think Nick Chubb has one of the, uh, like you said, Derek Henry is big and smooth, but the way that Chubb just moves and glides down the field, uh, yeah, I think he's pretty fantastic as well. Yeah, look, it's going to be pretty interesting. Look, my prediction is that. Keep an eye on Derrick Henry because I think I've, I've spoken about this on past episodes. He's surely got to decline soon. Like, if we've learnt anything when it comes to running backs over the past 10 years watching them is that they fall off a cliff and we don't know when that's going to occur. So for me, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And I, and I think fans are going to be the same. They're going to be sitting back in Tennessee being like, is is Derrick still the guy? And I, and I feel like the NFL community always do that each and every year. So the first month, I think we're going to figure it out. Is he still the guy? Or has he declined? Because he's just taken so much punishment. I mean, you know, trying to defend this guy, they, they throw a lot of uh, contact his way, that's for sure. Look, in terms of, uh, you know, my player, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, but again, speaking of players that, you know, maybe have a short shelf life, I think that's definitely the case with Jonathan Taylor. He took a lot of punishment in college uh, at Wisconsin. Uh, he was used um, significantly there. Had a bit of a breakout season last year. So for me... I would just be running him into the ground because the Colts, they're not going to have Taylor for a long period of time, so they might as well get the most out of him while they can. And, you know, again, there's a fair bit of dysfunction happening in and around him. There's a new quarterback in town, so I think Taylor's going to get plenty of work this year, and uh, quite rightly so. Alex, thoughts on this one? Best running back in the game right now? I mean, this shouldn't surprise anybody, right? I always go with my Bears boys, but uh, Dave Montgomery for me. I think he's quietly and exceptionally good. Uh, running back quietly right he doesn't he's he is kind of the bears offense to some degree right when they're kind of struggling they just give it to him and he's able to go find yards no matter what um so i i love him as a bears fan and as a fan of the running back position itself um so i think he's a really good player what was great about last year is that he did take that injury where he was out for a couple of weeks but he was able to bounce back um, so I think that bodes well because we all know we've seen it in Christian McCaffrey. We've seen it in, in Derek Henry. We've seen it in all these running backs where they take big knocks and they don't come back the same. So I think for me, as long as Dave Montgomery doesn't have anything major happen, knock on wood, I swear to God, if I jinx him, I'm going to feel so bad next year. Um, <laughs> but hopefully he just stays healthy because he is that key to that Bears offense because everything, and pardon the pun, runs through him technically. Um, so he's my favorite and always will be because, I mean, he's a Bears. 
All right, team, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support of the NFL show. How can you support us? It's really simple. Just continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports. Mojo Sports.